0: welcome back to poolside podcast this is episode number fifty-five-zero. we have made it to 50 it's crazy i uh, i remember when i started back in october and i was like okay if i make it to 10 you get a gold star if you make it to 50 you're golden it's not that i didn't think i was gonna make it to 50 but like You know when you start a project and you're like all gung-ho about it and then it kind of just like dies out until it dies completely? Um, That I anticipated maybe that was going to happen depending on if people even cared how much work it was going to be. But here we are going strong at episode 50 and I am pumped that you're listening. If you have listened to all 50, please DM me and I will personally buy you a coffee and thank you for your support. This is your first episode, then welcome to Pulse Eye Podcast. Um, I am doing a solo episode today just in honor of 50. I get a lot of feedback that people want more of my story and my advice and opinion and for some reason and not that that is going to become a normal thing, but I think every 10 episodes I will include An episode that's just me talking about my experience with social media, influencer marketing, branding, all of the core topics that this podcast covers. So we are going to jump into it and if you read the title of this episode uh, it was slight clickbait so apologies to everybody who uh, thinks that they are going to find the easy secret sauce to get free shit. Cause, uh, you're not there. If you ever have heard the rant, I don't know if it's a rant or like who, I don't know what it is, but there's no such thing as a free lunch is basically my life motto for everything that I do. And, uh, that is basically the basis of this entire podcast. So if you're good with that, then feel free to move on. Uh, but we are going to dive deeper into sponsorships on Instagram um, and influencer marketing from the influencer side of it. Um, I also do the influencer marketing from the other side for a couple of my clients, but I want to stick with the influencer side because I always get a ton of people asking, um, well, how to get free shit and how to become an influencer and what they should be doing and if it's too saturated and all of that. So this is all from My experience. If you are an influencer and have a different experience, then please feel free to share. Uh, But this is basically the conversations that I have with people when I go for coffee with them or on Instagram when people just are asking me questions. So even though I don't have hundreds of thousands of followers, I have been growing during this influencer marketing industry that has grown. It didn't exist uh, when I started. So kind of been a learning curve for for me and for everybody and so i think it's just really interesting to talk about it and to share experiences because i feel like we're all learning at the same time from a brand and person experience so so yeah we're going to talk about the influencer side and if you have more questions or if you want to ask specific questions about your own stuff feel free to reach out to me on instagram which is poolside digital Or my personal Instagram which is almost famous with two F's. So let us get into it. I am hoping to keep this short because sometimes I just start rambling um, especially when I am currently just talking to myself. Talking to Cooper is really what I'm doing. He's sitting here watching me record this. Um, But I start rambling so I'm hoping to keep it short and to the point unlike when I go for coffee and talk to people when I have to just ask them if anything made sense. So try to keep it as short as possible instead of rambling for an hour. We're going to try to keep it short. So let's jump into it. First, I will talk about how I started my blog, which is initially, I guess it'd be influencer marketing, but that's not what it was at the time or what it was called or even what I was attempting to do for the whole story about like my blog and why it started and all of that you can listen to actually just like the first episode um, I go into it but basically as I was growing my blog I would reach out to local brands and people with cool things to feature on my blog um, and just do an exchange of product or service for a blog feature. Usually it would be like a t-shirt or Like get my nails done or whatever and I would write a post about them ask them questions do the whole interview thing and then um, Eventually posted on Instagram as well when that became the traffic driver to my blog so that was initially where I started and as Instagram grew that was how I kind of grew the collaboration side of it and when Instagram was evolving that way and I'm sure it evolved way sooner for other people but in Calgary and the people that I knew um, who were doing it, which wasn't very many, um, that was when it started to evolve, was a few years ago and that was when you reached out to somebody to collaborate that was the like buzzword was collaborate and it was free, it was free for both parties, it was also beneficial for both parties so I did a lot of collaborations with photographers, especially because they wanted their workout and I needed photos that were good for Instagram. And it would also be local brands. And so collaboration was seen as collaboration and building a community as opposed to now when someone wants to collaborate, it means they just don't want to pay you. Uh, Basically is kind of how I see collaboration unless you are actually collaborating for the benefit of both of you, such as a photographer if you needed... If you needed photography and they need exposure then it's a great collaboration but uh, for me I tend not to collaborate with photographers anymore only because I want to keep my photos the same and being able to use my filters and everything so um, it doesn't benefit me as much as it used to so I usually would say no to collaborations like that for example. So long story short, that's how I grew my blog and reached out to people and kind of became like a local Calgary blog and Instagram. Um, but my first paid sponsored post, which honestly I didn't, that was never the plan. I didn't know that you could even be paid to do any of this. And up until this point, which was about two and a half years ago, I never asked for money I didn't know that you could make money off of this uh it's just not I think if you're going into it for money then you're you're not going to be able to grow it and so the fact that I had no idea that that was even going to be a business uh definitely helped with like growing the authenticity and uh just the original brand that I put together because it was just for me I really like doing it I like doing the photos I like doing all of it And so when my first sponsor post came through uh, from SportCheck, I got an email just randomly. I was in New York, um, which is funny because that was really like the first trip I took to take photos. Like I was there to see New York, but it was the first trip that I took like within my mind. I needed to bring outfits that I could take all these photos for Instagram. So it was very ironic that at the same time, like while I was there for the five days I was there, I got an email from SportCheck. Um, directly from the company, not a peer company. It was from the marketing girl at SportCheck, or I guess it was FGL Sports um, with SportCheck as the company that I was to work with. Um, Reaching out to put together this campaign for three months. It was going to be paid. Um, They had a contract. It was very official. And it was my first introduction into what all of this could be. And it was awesome. Um, probably because I was working directly with the brand. It was new for me. It was probably new for them, I'm guessing, as well. And it really was on brand for what I was doing. So it was a great first paid collaboration and campaign. Um, the runners that they gave me are still the runners that I use at the gym. Um, I use all my Under Armour stuff and all of that that I've gotten recently, but the initial pair of runners were just really great lifting shoes. So I happened to wear those. I wore the Sorel boots until they got holes in them. Um, it just really validated the importance of finding brands that are on brand for you and the products that you actually use. So I actually worked at Sportcheck, which this had nothing to do with working with Sportcheck, but I worked there because I really liked the company and I used all of the athletic Stuff for outdoors activities or just for the gym and so it aligned perfectly already with what I was doing and so it just was a great introductory campaign for me into what an influencer industry could be and again at the time it wasn't I wasn't an influencer I didn't call myself an influencer I had no idea that that word even existed um it it was just a collaboration that I was being paid for so it was awesome so that lasted three months as a paid sponsorship and then that one grew into that was when sport check woman opened up in chinook so i wasn't paid after the three months but i did a couple more months of um, collaboration with sport check women just uh, for the anticipation of their store opening up and really getting the word out for them and so that was just how it all started um and me knowing now and then that it was could be a business with money and contracts and Um, there was more of a purpose to it. You could have more of a strategy. And so that was when I started reading more things and talking to more people and just realizing that you had to put a little bit of effort into it to um, get these collaborations, which is not like I was doing it before when I'd reach out to brands and everyone thing for my blog, but now it was basically just for Instagram. So I had to figure out how to do that. And so I, I spent a lot of time DMing people being like, how much do you charge? What do you say? How do you reach out to these people? And two and a half years ago, it was a very different market than it is now. And even just being in Calgary, there was way less people growing their Instagrams and growing their blogs than there is now. Um, but the number one question that I get and then I've actually sat down with people. And the first question that they ask me like to my face is how do I get free shit? And if that is your thought, if you clicked on this podcast because you just want free stuff, because I mean, who doesn't like, I like free stuff. Everyone likes free stuff. You don't want to pay for stuff. Totally understand that. Like that's how sales exist. Like that's marketing at its core. However, you can't just get free stuff without giving something in return. And I think that's a little bit of a misconception that people have, that you get all this free stuff, except for that it is actually A lot more work than people realize that you had to grow you had to make these connections you had to put in the work to even create the content and really care about it for that your audience to also care what you're posting which I'm sure comes and goes depending on what like personally I'm posting about but for the most part it does take the work so you're not ever getting free stuff it's just a payment Product or service for your service, which is your audience, your content. Um, Now it's your influence over whoever is following you. So I just wanted to get that out there. It's not free stuff. There's no such thing as a free lunch. You have to work for it um, just as you would any other service you're providing. But for the people that know that, and um, there are tons of people out there that already know that but still want to grow their Instagram and get into the influencer marketing game, which I will first start by saying is totally possible. It is very saturated, but what industry is not saturated? And if you are putting out something that is you and original, then why wouldn't people want to follow you? If you're offering them something that's different, that you're not just copying someone else, then that, that will attract people or won't attract people, just depending on what you're putting out there. But if you want to get into the influencer space, um, my first suggestion is to actually just post about the products you already use and pay for. Um, I know that seems really straightforward, but for some reason it it doesn't come to people's minds that you want free stuff because you think that all of these brands are just there to give you free stuff. But in reality, now that I've spent... A few years doing this you actually don't want the stuff that you wouldn't pay for I used to say yes to just every campaign because it was cool people wanted to work with you you wanted to take the photos you needed content you wanted the experience which is great and I think everyone should do it but I have a whole box of stuff that I said yes to that I have never used and most of it which is what I say no to now most of it is skincare makeup some of clothing lots of services that I just never did again, um, which I know is not in the box, obviously. But they're just things that I just never would have bought in the first place, and so they just sit here um, gathering dust. I give them to friends and everything, but it's just not having all the stuff doesn't isn't what I'm going for. Um, and you do have to get through that to realize that's not the point of it. Um, But now I only say yes to products that I would actually buy. And for the most part, which I know now we have to like distinguish on Instagram, which is kind of weird whether something is sponsored or not sponsored. But I honestly buy so many of the things I post about because I actually want to buy it and I want to promote the company because I think it's great. So it comes from a very genuine and authentic place now. When I am putting out stuff because I think that that's important, and we have so many ads coming at us that we don't know what's real or fake or what's worth it. So, if you want to get into influencer marketing and become an influencer, post about stuff you buy. So, what are the brands you're buying? What kind of products do you want to try? If you want to be specifically sponsored by a brand or try to be sponsored by a brand, Then go and buy their stuff and post about it and tag them and engage with them follow them let them know that you are interested and you're engaged most brands are run by people um, that will notice especially if you're doing local or smaller brands people will notice and um, eventually you can ask or they will ask you for a more formal collaboration but if you're just waiting for them to ask you they won't, because why would they want somebody who's never used their product or who doesn't actually care about it? So go buy their product, order online, post about it, create content that you would actually create if it was a real campaign. This is also just great practice for taking photos or videos or whatever type of content you're creating. Um, If you are posting to be an influencer, you need to post at least twice or every other day preferably every day and so you need content and I spend um full weekends creating content mostly every weekend I go on trips um if you want a more thorough explanation of how I create content and how to create quality content uh after you're done listening to this go to episode 30 which is my other solo episode that talks about creating quality Instagram content but just quickly um When you buy the product, go to the brand's Instagram page, what kind of content are they posting? What kind of backgrounds are they posting? How do they put their product or service in photos? And just recreate that, create content that you think that they would want to post and post it and take them and hope that they see it. Maybe they'll repost it, Um, but that's really the most authentic way to do it. And yeah, that would be, I'm trying to think of other things that I could say for that, but really, Um, that's the best way to start. So pick the brands, buy the product, even just post about products you already have, start tagging them in your feed posts in your stories and engaging with their stuff. Um, I actually just had two interesting, very different conversations with, um, different people about how to decide what to promote and how to navigate this influencer space. So I had a friend, um, who was going to work with McDonald's and he had signed the contract and it was great took the photos and then it occurred to him that he didn't want to promote eating mcdonald's because it just didn't line up with his values and that it's not good for you and that he just didn't want that on his brand um which made sense because he does a very like outdoorsy adventury type of thing and posting about mcdonald's would be fairly random on his feed and he came to the conclusion that it just wasn't what he wanted to promote it didn't line up with his values and so at the end he got out of the contract explained to them like here's the photos you can have them but i just don't feel comfortable posting and so that got me thinking because like i just said you need to post things that you actually would recommend to people and it was really interesting because i replied to him and i joked and i was like oh send mcdonald's over to me like i'll for sure post about it but knowing what your brand is and the values and the reputation that you're giving off. Because if you promote say McDonald's, then you may or may not get like a fitness brand. If that's really what you're going for, maybe a fitness brand won't want to work with you because you've now promoted McDonald's, which obviously is not a healthy option for someone who is in fitness. So you just have to be aware of that. And for me, I have trying to grow in a brand that's like very much about balance and really just what I like. And so I can post about McDonald's. I can post about fitness. Um, Maybe it's confusing. Maybe it's not. That's just who I am as a person. And so really valuing your brand is important and is also really important just to showcase to other brands that you are very serious about um, who you are and what you're promoting. So if you do promote something, it gives it that extra confirmation that you fully believe in what you're saying. And then the second conversation I had a couple weeks ago was with a friend who is wanting to go a brand mostly because she wants to start um, a type of online business and to have clients and grow that. It's a lot easier if you already have a following. And so we go for coffee. And we talk about it. And she messaged me the other a couple weeks ago about a brand reaching out to her and she was going to collaborate with them. They were going to. They were a watch company that I had never heard of. It wasn't Daniel Wellington or any of those influencer ones. It was just a random. Watch company that had a ton of followers and a ton of likes. But to me, the questions that I asked her when I was like, if you're deciding it was, would you actually buy this watch? First of all, um, have you read reviews about these watches? Like, is it an actual watch company or have they just bought their followers and likes because you don't know you honestly, you can make Instagram accounts look legit, even if they aren't. And I asked her what they were offering her in return for what, she was going to give them, which was um, photos and posts on her feed. And so she replied saying that they're actually just offering her a 60% discount code off of their watches, which means that she would have to buy a watch, then promote it. And because these messages come through all the time, and not to sound like I get a ton of messages all the time, but you do get a number of messages that... Do seem a bit like a scam, and you can kind of tell the like real ones from the non-real ones. And you, just for the people that are listening, that are getting into it, and if you are getting these types of messages, that you should never have to buy a product to promote it, um, unless you are genuinely buying it because you actually like it and you have already bought it, not because they've asked you to buy it. These brands are just trying to make money off of you, and their watch is probably only worth. 10% of what their price is anyway, so they're still making money off of you by saying they're selling it at a discounted price. And the other side of it for them to my friend was that she will get commission for any watches she sells. So whatever the percentage was, she'll get part of it. And I had to be a Debbie Downer for two seconds to say that I have done a couple of commission-based campaigns. Um, a couple... I haven't done any reason just because what I'm going to say, it doesn't work um, for me, but the pitch of commission is a lot stronger than what the actual benefits of commission are. So affiliate marketing isn't great, uh, mostly because you can get a 15% discount or a 20% discount or whatever, just by signing up for people's newsletters nowadays. So it's not worth the commission if that's the only selling point to what they're giving you. If they're going to pay you, Or do another type of campaign and you get commission, then that's a different story. But if they're asking you to buy something and then you can make your money back through commission, um, it's not worth it. Just straight up, it's not worth it. Um, Because for the most part, people will not buy your product. People want ideas for things they should buy, or maybe one person will buy it, but it won't be enough to make back your product. And marketing in general usually people have to see a product or you have to talk about a product like I think I don't know what the exact number is but like five or six times before they even like get to the next step of buying that product and so you posting one photo of a watch or whatever type of product it is or clothing or whatever will not get someone to buy it um, if you can even think about that yourself like if you go through people's um, stuff you probably follow influencers you've probably seen their posts like did you buy? the product they were selling and why did you buy it if you did or why did you not buy it if you didn't so that's how i like to look at things is you just have to think of it for yourself like what does this look like to me when i'm scrolling through like how do i feel about other people's sponsored posts so <laughs> that is how to determine like how to get into influencer marketing i guess that's a great like gateway into figuring out what your brand is and figuring out what products you like and really just getting into the content creation side of it. Um, but if you've reached the point where you're like, Hey, I am confident in what I'm offering. Um, I'm offering value. My photos are great. I have good engagement. I have a community, whatever it is that you have. Um, you can reach out to brands. So a lot of people ask me like, did they reach out to me? Do I reach out to them? Like, how does that work? And I used to reach out to brands all the time, a ton of brands. I would sit down like on a Friday and find brands, find their emails, write all the emails up, um, DM them, send it all out to put together these campaigns. And it is nice now that I've done enough. And I know enough of the PR companies that I don't have to reach out as much anymore. But if I do come across a brand that I really like, that I really think we would be a great team and that our brands align, I will reach out to them. So, for me, when I go to reach out to brands, I will usually DM them through Instagram. That's the easiest way. If they have um, like an email straight on their page, then you can also email them. I don't think one is better than the other, only that DMs may get lost in the request folder, um, just depending on how many they get, and they probably get a ton of messages, so don't think you're the only one asking, which is good to keep in mind when you are creating the copy for your DM or email. Um, And if there isn't an email, usually I will DM them and ask them if there's an email to reach out to. So I'll be like, Hey, like love your brand. We would work well together, blah, blah, blah. Do you have an email of the marketing or social media person that I can reach out to? And most of the time they'll reply and give you an email and then you can email them and go from there. So when you're writing these messages, um, the most important part is to not look like you, like just don't copy and paste it because brands can tell. People can tell. It's very easy now to see who's just copying and pasting and who didn't actually even look at the page. Um, so take time to actually look at the brand. Um, like I said, if you've already bought it, you can show them what you've already created for them and how much you love them. And like it, you're genuinely saying that you want to promote them and get them on board with it. And you don't want to really make it entirely about how you will benefit by getting their free stuff. You want to explain the value that you're bringing to them and why your brands align and why they would hire you. Like it's no different than applying for a job. Like you need to be able to benefit them because why would they hire you out of the other thousands of DMS? They just got right now as well. So it is a saturated market, but if you can showcase that your content stands out and really brings them value for why they should uh, work with you, then that's the best way to be genuine and authentic about it. And reaching out does not mean that you automatically get to work with them or that there isn't a bigger process or if they don't already have influencers to work with or a budget or whatever it is, but um, reaching out to them you don't lose anything by reaching out to them. So they might even know somebody or know a different brand. That'd be great. It's just really making connections. It's no different than just networking, but now you're just networking for your personal brand on the internet. The other thing I wanted to touch upon that I get lots of questions about is how to negotiate with a brand and how to know when to charge, if you should charge, how much you should charge, what you should offer them just going back again to uh, my friend who got the message about you having to buy the product that like I said, is not okay. And the industry needs to grow with everybody valuing their own time and not going into these collaborations with brands that are just trying to make money off of you as opposed to actually genuinely creating a relationship or partnership uh, with you. So if you've reached out to a brand or they've reached out to you and now you kind of just want to figure out what the next step is or how to really navigate the waters for what you should post or if you should charge. And it's obviously different for everybody. Um, I've seen lots of media kits because I have worked on the other side of the influencer marketing and people charge all sorts of different things. I'm part of Facebook groups and it really is just your own subjective value of yourself which again is no real different than like negotiating your salary and that is just based on how much you or what you value your time at what your experience is and your audience so it doesn't necessarily mean your number of followers but your engagement if you have a community um this is advertising and so people are paying for your audience because that's what they need is the people to promote to Um, So don't undervalue any of those three things. And when you're deciding, so even for me, when I get an email or get a collaboration request, whether to charge or not is based usually on if they're local, if I know the company, um, if I know they have a budget, or sometimes it's just like how I feel that day. Uh, which I know is not the greatest thing, but like how much effort do I, will I have to put in to create these photos? Is it something that I already have created or I'm going to be creating, um, for example, like, is it, can it be taken in the mountains? So I'm probably going to the mountains. So the amount of effort and time that it takes is probably less than putting together a full photo shoot for, um, something else that isn't that natural. So it really just depends on what they are looking for, um, to determine if I'm going to charge or what I'm going to charge. So for the most part, I do have a set price for my posts, but I do product or service collaborations for free a lot of the time still, mostly because I think it's just good karma. And I don't think I'm good, like too good to not always charge. Like I get a lot of emails back from influencers that are like, Oh, sorry. Like I always, like I need a budget. I need to pay for this. And sometimes you, just, you should do things for free. I think it's good karma. Um, and it's no difference than doing someone like a favor or just doing something good for someone who uh, you know or believe in or just really like. So I'll still do product and service collaborations, especially if they're local for the most part, I would never charge them. So if I am trying out a new place or a new product or anything, and if they're from Calgary, I won't charge them just because um, I know they're small, they're small business. This is my city. This is how I grew my blog. And I just think that that's a good way to do it. You're creating the relationship as opposed to just a business deal. But I also don't get paid for my Under Armour ambassadorship. Uh, and I've been doing that for a few years now and mostly just because they're great to work with. Uh, I would never ask to be charged. They don't expect anything. They, we do, they send me product um, and I post about it. I post a blog post. They give me examples of what I should post, or key messages, or just information about the product. And then I create the content because it fits really well uh, with what I'm doing. And I I work out, and so I need workout clothes. And Under Armour is awesome. So I, I don't charge for that. That's definitely just a product exchange. Also, another example of someone that I don't charge that is a bigger brand that could afford it. Um, would be diff sunglasses, which I've been collaborating with for also a couple years now. And I just do posts in exchange for free sunglasses. And yes, I have a ton of diff sunglasses, but I love them. I don't usually pay for sunglasses. And if I bought sunglasses, they're super cheap. So these are a great alternative to the $8 sunglasses that I was wearing before. And again, they're just really awesome to work with. Um, I like creating the content. It's easy to throw on sunglasses. They're always fun. I can take them traveling. Like you're you're in sunglasses. So it's not hard to create the content and they're awesome to work with. They want to work with me whenever they have a sale or whatever. And so usually I will do it because it's easy, create the content. Um, so again, so I'm not charging even though they're a big brand that's not local, um, but I enjoy working with them. So don't charge for that. And if someone... Contacts you, you, uh, I highly suggest you have a media kit ready. Lots of brands will ask now because it's easier for them to determine um, what you're offering so that they can either match their budget or negotiate something with you. I don't always send a media kit. If they ask for it, I will send it, um, but it's not the first thing that I send because sometimes there's already a budget or you can negotiate a budget that isn't written hard copy on your media kit. Um, I also have two media kits. Uh, one has like my collaboration fees, which like breaks down like packages in it. So that one in the packages has, uh, like one package that's like one Instagram post, three to five stories. Uh, there's another package that's like a blog post with social promotion, which includes an Instagram post, a Facebook post, tweet and stories. Um, I also have one that's just content creation. There's a whole bunch of different like Variations of things that I've done for brands that I've kind of just consolidated into one easy two page media kit. The other one I have just takes out the fee part of it. So if someone just wants to see like my numbers and just see uh, what I'm offering, but may or may not have a different budget than what I would suggest, usually um, to be honest, that will be one that I send to a bigger company that probably would have a bigger budget than I would initially. Suggest So that one is just more of an informational media kit. Um, So if you're building a media kit, just quickly, um, if you don't have one, you can Google it. That's basically how I did this. But since you're listening, I will tell you. um, It's kind of like, it's just basically a resume, but it just is way more fun than a resume uh, because you're just promoting yourself to Instagram as opposed to a boss in an interview. So my media kit, I have... Um, It's for my blog, technically. So I have my blog name, which is Frankly Ray, which is different than Almost Famous and Poolside, and it's all confusing, and I know, but it's under Frankly Ray. And there's some Instagram photos, the ones that have done really well in the past, like, three months. I'd pick the top ones that I really like that look good, and they look good on the media kit. And then it has a little paragraph about me, um, what I like to do, kind of, like, what my blog's about, what my Instagram's about, that I'm, like, a wellness, fitness, traveler, I like to get up early to go to spin, but I also like to eat pizza kind of just giving like an overall brand view of what they can expect. And this helps, um, especially if they need to see if they're going to align with my brand. Like if they, if they would look at the blog and the Instagram, you could probably already tell if they just want a little like deeper, quick blurb about me. I have that. Um, I have basically what I'm offering. So here's Instagram. Here's my blog. I have this podcast, I have Twitter, I have Facebook, um, and it has the numbers and the engagement and like how many people are reading the blog, how long are they staying on the blog for, who are my main audiences. So on my Instagram, I just have screenshot, like who's in Calgary, who's in Canada, uh, what are my age group target things, um, and male and female. So it's just a quick, like, these are things that brands will ask for anyway. So it's just easier to put their. All in just one section. And I do update it every month. I don't think you should increase your numbers or lie about what is happening. Um, A lot of brands will just ask for screenshots. So you might as well not get caught faking that you have a way higher engagement or a way higher blog readership than you really do. I think that's just like false expectations. And when they ask for analytics at the end of the campaign and you have to screenshot them, it's going to be super embarrassing if you are way off on what you told them because they probably paid you on what you told them. So it's just good to be honest, keep your numbers, what they are and make sure you're updating it. So at least they know what to expect and you can feel better about yourself. I also have a little section that has like past collaboration. So they don't have to scroll through my Instagram to see what kind of posts I've posted. You can see what's been sponsored. I just have like in my non-creative graphic design world, um, it's just little logos that are all black and white, um, of all the brands that I have worked with or the ones that I, not all the brands I've worked with, but the ones that have created good campaigns and that we've worked together more than once, or it was paid or they're just campaigns that I really liked. So I don't do every single brand that I've ever worked with on there. Um, but I keep it usually the bigger ones. Cause those ones look cool is basically what it is. Um, so I have them on there and then, like I said, the fee is there at the bottom and i made mine on canva for free um if you have never used canva you need to get on it um but if you do use canva you can just search media kit and they will come up i adjusted it a tad just in case somebody sees it and knows it's from canva um but it's pretty it has my branding um it was easy to make and i have it just saved on Canva so i can update it and then download it to send to brands so That is the gist of kind of like a start to finish of influencer marketing from my experience. Um, It's not a hard thing to start. I fully think that if you want to be an influencer, you can be an influencer as long as you are doing it for the right reasons. So if you're doing it because you love photography, you love Instagram, you love creating content, um, you want to have that community, then I think that By all means, you can do it um, if you want to put in the time because it takes time and it takes effort and Instagram is frustrating for everybody. So you just have to do it because you love it, not because you are looking for the numbers to get paid because that will show through as inauthentic and people can see when you are just posting ads and sponsor posts. You really need to make it a personal brand um, for brands and your audience to stay on board with you. So... That is my advice for getting free shit. I hope you learned something. This did end up longer than I wanted to. I'm just looking at the time. I did want to keep it short, but like I said, I kind of start to ramble, and I like to share everything that I know. So if I miss something, or if you have questions, if you want to go for coffee and talk about it, if you just want help creating content, you just need to have some photo shoots, um, feel free to reach out to me and I would love if you subscribe to this podcast. I'm so pumped we're at 50 episodes. If you subscribe and you rate this podcast, I will love you forever. So thanks for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.